Hello, hello, my above average tribe, and welcome back to the A Minus Life podcast. I am your host, Casey Jericho. And once again, I am so happy to have you here listening, and I hope we can laugh, learn, and grow together. Before I get into the topic for this week, I want to remind you guys that every review, like, share is so appreciated and really helps me and this channel out. So if you're not too busy while listening to this, it would be very appreciated if you could subscribe to this podcast or my YouTube channel, leave a rating, uh, leave a raving review on either platform. Also, please share with family, friends, even mortal enemies. I want to uh, also remind you guys that even though I have turned into a professional podcaster, my true love is my one-on-one lifestyle coaching company and our lifestyle app. If you are ready to make some sustainable and enjoyable change and learn what feeling good actually feels like, please click on the link in our show notes, on my Instagram, or on my website and join the team. You can use code A-LIFE10, spell out minus, to get 10% off any package you choose as a thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And now that my lovely spiel is over, let's keep showing up and get into it. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed episodes one through three. And originally I had planned for episode four to be a macro crash course, kind of what it is to kind of get into my coaching, my company, what macros are. But something came into my life that I thought would make a good podcast. And like I said, I wanted to always be very transparent very open, very relatable. So as things come in and out of my life, whether they're just experiences, moments in time, random ideas, I want a podcast about them in the moment. So I'm going to push back the macro course and share a little story um, that happened to me and just a general thing that I think has been going on more so lately that I hope you guys can kind of think about and maybe ponder about. So if anyone knows me, um, I'm going to blame it on my German side, but not even blame because I do think it's kind of a good thing. It does take a lot to like ruffle my feathers. One, I don't like confrontation. Two, I kind of can forget about things pretty easily in the sense that I'm not going to be that upset with people or things because I'll just move on from them end the scenario and never think about them again, which can be good, can be bad. But my feathers are a little ruffled and I'm going to kind of explain what ruffled them. Before I go into the topic of today's podcast, I want you to try and listen to this with an open mind. I don't want you to judge right away or like giggle to yourself and be like, really? Like this is her problem. Um, Just listen to the reasoning, the story, the issue, and see if you can kind of relate in some sense or understand where I am coming from. Today's episode is going to be about, and this sounds so silly and I wish it was like a different word for it, but fit shaming. Yes, I said it, fit shaming. And again, I wish I could label it something else because it does sound super nerdy and eye roll like oh really you're upset because someone's making fun of you for being fit yes I get it it sounds a little ridiculous but 
before you make that judgment, let me explain a little bit more about it. Also remember, I wasn't always fit. Um, If you listen to episode two, you know that for pretty much my whole childhood into my 20s, I was always the the quote unquote fat friend or the bigger friend or someone whose weight was like the brunt of most jokes and someone who again was definitely on the other side of things. So I was never the girl that was just had the amazing DNA who was born with muscles and you know a size four, size two gene. I was usually the opposite. It's actually been for the smaller part of my life that I've been the fit person. So remember, this is not coming from just a one-sided viewpoint. I definitely was, we'll use that term again, fat shamed when I was younger and it didn't really upset me all that much. I had a pretty tough skin. Yes, of course, there were times where it made me sad, but for the most part, I brushed it off, laughed at it. Again, I'm sure there's some hidden trauma there somewhere, but we'll save that for another day. But I, again, I was mostly on the opposite side of weight jokes. It wasn't until recently that I experienced the opposite, where people start to poke fun or treat you differently because you're fit. When I first heard the term fit shaming, I really like laughed at it and thought it was kind of a joke because who in their right mind would poke fun at someone who was healthy and strong? It just didn't really make sense to me because for so long, I had been striving and jealous of the people that were fit, right? So why would I ever make fun of those people when I really just wanted to be them? It kind of started happening maybe like two or so years ago, probably after I had my first child and I entered that world of we're allowed, quote unquote, to be out of shape now because we had a kid or we're over 30 so our body starts to change and into that realm of blaming children, family, age for weight gain or getting out of shape. Right, It's so common that mothers and older people, the first thing they say for why they are not fit anymore is because of their family, is because of their baby weight, is because of their age and their hormones and whatnot. And I'm not judging those reasons, right? 1,000% life gets crazier when you have kids. I will 100% agree with that. Um, I actually find myself often trying to figure out what the heck I did before I had kids. Because if you would have asked 25-year-old CJ, I thought I was real busy. Um, I clearly was not. But it's all perspective. So when, you know, people use the reason for why they're not fit, being kids, being family, being age, I get it. It totally makes sense. And you're right. You don't have as much time for yourself as you used to. With the age thing, yeah. Age does slow things down a little bit, but it has been proven over and over and over again that age actually is not the factor. It's the way you act as you age. Um, 
So I'm entering that world right now, and I've been in it for a little bit now, where the quote excuses are just a little bit more tolerable to understand, right? Like if it feels better to say, I can't get to the gym because I have three kids rather than I can't get to the gym because I'd rather sit on the couch, right? When you're 25 and you have all the time in the world and you don't go to the gym, your only real excuse is you don't want to or you know your job got you tired. Now, when you're 33, 34 with a gaggle of kids or even just one, there's other things to point the finger at, right? And people understand the kid and the age excuse more than they understand the I'm just tired or I'd rather sit and watch Netflix excuse. So I think part of the reason why our excuses get more understandable or relatable is because we're in that older age bracket now. And again, I know I'm 34, I'm not old, but I'm not a kid anymore. I have responsibilities. Another thing that I want you to know about me before I kind of get into this a little bit more is that I am a big advocate for poking fun at yourself. If you can't laugh at yourself, I think there's a big problem that probably needs to get worked at at a deeper level, right? If every joke made about you hurt your feelings or you're easily offended, aka welcome to the youth of 2023, um, we got to toughen up a little bit, right? Like we can't be made out of glass. We also can't be offended by everything people say about us, but then also throw stones, right? So being able to laugh at yourself is a very important characteristic in my mind. Um, My family shows love by making fun of you, which again, probably some childhood trauma there, but for the most part, I enjoy it. It makes me laugh, especially when it's not um, intended to, you know, the joke wasn't made about me, but Life needs to be fun. You have to let things roll off your shoulders a little bit or roll off your back. Not everything said is supposed to hurt your feelings. But yes, there is a line. So there does get to a point where jokes start to, you know, be a little bit too much or you start to think about if that joke was said in a different scenario, would that still be acceptable? And then it really gets to a point where they're not jokes anymore and people are actually doing things to you because of something about you they don't like, which is what I'm gonna get into. So as I started kind of dialing my life in to more nutritional details, fitness details, really diving into being fit, figuring it out, besides my family, my nutrition and my fitness was like my number one priority. I started to hear a lot of more comments about jokes about me meal prepping and skipping on work lunches and the fact that I was always in the gym. You know, for example, I have this like picnic basket that I bring in every Monday to work because I bring in my five breakfasts, my five lunches and my five snacks all on Monday. So I never have to think about bringing food in during the week. I never forget my lunch at home because it's at work. But multiple people will comment about how, oh, is that just your lunchbox for the day? Because they know I like to eat. Comments like that I think are actually funny. They're great. They make me laugh. I play back with them. No big deal. Um, a lot of times I will, you know, skip out on work lunches or, you know, outings just because 99% of the things there are crud. And I 
am a big advocate for not relying on willpower, right? I don't want to test my willpower because it's probably not going to happen. So I just like to avoid. For example, last year for Teacher Appreciation Week, our PTA made this whole entire big spread in our faculty room with so many snacks and treats and whatnot. And I walk in, one, people were shocked that I came, and two, right away, there were comments like, oh, the hummus and boiled eggs are in the fridge. And I kind of thought they were joking, but the amazing PTA actually hard-boiled eggs and had hummus for people who wanted that option. I was probably one out of 300 staff members that went in the fridge, but I had hard-boiled eggs and hummus for like a solid month. Um, Other things, right, comments about the gym, how most people my age are hungover on Saturday morning, but, you know, I was at the gym at 7 o'clock, and true story today, I did not, today is a Saturday, and I did not realize the gym only opened at 7, so I pulled in at like 6.45 and was such a dweeb, like waiting outside the gym for it to open, where people do that for like Black Friday sales, and I'm doing it for a Saturday morning at the gym. Um, about how I'm annoying and take pictures after the workout, right? If you don't take a picture, it didn't happen. How on my lunch break, instead of gossiping in the, you know, faculty room with a water cooler, I'm out doing my, my walk or my steps and how I refuse to take the elevator. I always go on the stairs, mostly for health reasons. Second, because our elevator is a little shady. Um, how I park far away how on my off periods I'll take like the longest route to the bathroom little things that do not bother me at all again I'm just glad people are realizing because maybe somehow I'm inspiring them even though they're poking fun right these are fine they're funny they do not offend me I'm in a place right now where those comments are fine Um, I'm confident with myself with my actions with my habits that again those comments they go right through me and again I really do kind of hope that because people are taking the time to make those comments they're also taking the time to kind of see what I do and maybe you know what next week they park a little bit further away but a lot of the women that I work with are new in this journey and those kind of comments deter them right if you're new in this health and fitness space little comments like that can really set people back They can make them feel like the odd man out. They can make them feel like people are judging them and watching them. They can even make people feel like, shoot, like, do they not like me anymore? Or like, are are they looking at me differently? And yes, this is obviously a lot to do with those own person's insecurities. But we do have to be a little bit careful with comments we make because they do resonate with people and people do listen. And again, especially if this person is new to these habits, they could be questioning themselves. They don't want to lose friends or be looked at as the weird person. I actually just had this conversation with a client of mine. She works in an office and pretty cool. The office caters lunch every day for them, which is amazing, right? Great financially. Um, There are some decent choices. She gets the menu every Friday for the next week. It's not like they're catering in and out burger or Chick-fil-A. It's like this rest catering hall that brings in like this nice spread but no matter what she's still technically eating out for that meal right she did not cook it herself there are going to be high amounts of oil and fat even on the quote-unquote healthy options we have no idea what they 
grilled the chicken in. It's, there's going to be butter most likely on that grill, right? The marinades are going to have stuff in them that we are not sure. So no matter what, that meal, even if she picks the best choices, we don't know everything about it. And the sodium levels are going to be high. It counts as a meal out. So because she's newer and because she still wants to have other meals out, like some dinners and some drinks, we have to somehow manage this lunch because she can't possibly eat this lunch five days a week and go out to dinner and have some drinks. That's just way too many meals out to try and get your nutrition logged, right? We're all really going to have no idea what she's intaking. So I suggested to possibly bringing a food scale to work. Now, this is the first time I've ever suggested that because I do not advocate usually for bringing scales out to events. I really think that can create some unhealthy boundaries and I think you should be able to manage those events on your own and have fun and not worry about weighing your food when you're out. But because her, her situation is a little different, I said maybe bring a scale to work and you can weigh the bigger things. Like let's put the chicken on the scale and just see how many ounces it is so we can have an estimate. Or, you know, grab the potatoes, put them on the scale, let's just see. Just to make this meal a little bit more accurate so she can have a little bit more freedom on the weekends. Right away, she said, right, this can't happen. Absolutely not. Like, people are going to, they're very judgmental at work. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to talk about me behind my back. That broke my heart. Like, she's finally taking this step to get her nutrition and fitness in line and better herself. And the thing that's holding her back is the comments and the judgments from people at work. Yes, obviously, this also has to do with her being nervous about that because if she was, you know, 100% confident in herself, she wouldn't give a shit what those people thought. But who who's really at that point in their life? Not a lot of people. And she's younger, so she's definitely not there. So unfortunately now, right, that's not going to happen. So instead of her coworkers supporting her and being like, that's awesome, like, we're really proud of you for, like, trying to get your diet in line, um, way to go. She's nervous they're going to talk behind her back and judge her. So we're going to have to just chalk this meal to another meal out and never really get these macros in line. Right? That's upsetting. Um, I know they're not her family and her loved ones, but you spend a lot of time at work. So your coworkers and your peers, they have a big influence on you. Right? I grew up in a family where you were judged, I guess, but it was the opposite you were judged if you were unhealthy, if you were unfit. Like I would get made fun of if I picked, you know, cheese out of the fridge to eat rather than an apple. Or I would get called out if, you know, I needed a bigger size of clothes or stuff like that, which again is not healthy. I get that. But it is at least pushing someone to be healthier rather than unhealthy. So many clients and friends of mine come from families that judge you and make fun of you if you're trying to be fit and healthy, which it just blows my mind. Like, and I know this is completely not like a a therapist is probably like screaming right now, but at least my family made fun of me if I was being unhealthy, right? Like at least they were pushing me in the direction of health. Yes, maybe some mental problems, but at least I, my heart was okay. And my blood sugar was okay, right? To poke fun and peer pressure people to do unhealthy things is just wild to me. 
right? I always make this connection. Imagine making fun of someone for not smoking cigarettes or not doing meth. Like, and I'm sure it's been done. That's what peer pressure is about. That's what we learned about in middle school right there. Don't do drugs. But I couldn't imagine, like, if I was smoking a cig and my husband wasn't, and I was like, you're such a loser. Like, you're not smoking. You're not filling your lungs with this. You're such a dweeb. Like, ha ha. Like, that's just what, like craziness to me. It's so hard for me to wrap my head around. And let's bring it to an even crazier thing. Like, I know I said meth, LOL, but like, imagine, imagine going around to like your sisters and your brothers and being like, you're such a loser. Like, you don't, you don't do meth on the weekends. Like, what's wrong with you? Right. It, it, it sounds funny, but that's what we do when we judge and make fun of people who are trying to make better decisions for them. Right. Like, yeah, obviously those situations are more severe, but people die from self-induced shitty health habits more than anything else. So why are we thinking that like cigarettes and drugs are horrible, but eating takeout six days a week and being sedentary is normal and okay? It's not. Right. So we need to do a better job as a society in supporting people who are trying to do better for themselves. Instead of making fun and putting them down, we need to build them up. And again, I know anyone that makes fun of anyone or talks behind someone's back in a negative way, it is a thousand percent their own insecurities, right? Like the people that poke fun at me for meal prep and going to the gym, it's because they don't like the way they look. It's because they don't like the way they feel. I get it. But it took me a long time to get there. And I still don't know if I would be able to 100% believe that. Like if someone I loved commented about me, like if my dad walked in right now and was like, oh, like you're going to the gym, really? Like sure you wanna be lifting all that weight? You're looking like, you know, a little too strong. That would hurt me, right? That would make me question things. I don't think I would change my habits, but I get why comments from loved ones have such an impact. And it's so common that our loved ones are the ones that are, biggest judgmental influences in our lives. One of the most common obstacles and barriers I see with my clients is when they go visit their family or have like a family celebration. It worries them more than anything else. That's so sad and so upsetting, right? Instead of being like, oh, thank goodness, I'm going to see my family this weekend. They're so supportive of my goals and what I'm doing. Like, it'll be a great weekend. It's the opposite. It's okay, I'm visiting my family this weekend. I don't know what everyone's going to say. They're probably going to like, you know, judge me for making certain choices with my food or going for a walk after dinner. I'm going to try and do my best, but I'm not sure how it's going to go. The fact that these women and men are, again, are trying to do better with their longevity in their life and their families are pushing them in the opposite direction is heartbreaking. And again, it's something as a whole society we need to do better with, right? If our family and our loved ones don't support us, who will? And believe me, I get your family and friends not supporting you in every decision you make, but a decision to make your life longer and better, how could they not, right? And they don't. But again, it is 1000% their own insecurities, right? I'm very lucky that my husband 
also is on this journey with me and cares about it. So he never pokes fun of me going to the gym or makes me feel bad. He supports it. He doesn't make fun of me counting macros. Um, He knows to keep his damn hands off my meal prepped meals. Um, And it's never something I have to worry about. But I'm, I'm probably one of the few. That's why I always, always suggest that my clients try and get their spouses on board because a couple that does this together creates such a better atmosphere than one person trying to do it and one person not because it's very unlikely that that other person is going to be just as supportive. If anything, they're going to be insecure with the fact that they're not making this effort and kind of try and sabotage the other, which again is so sad, right? Like, you know your spouse is trying to not eat out, watch her weight, you know, watch count her macros, and you're suggesting takeout. You're calling her a boring time or a lame time because she doesn't want to go out and have drinks. That's a really hard scenario to navigate because you're letting someone down, whether it's yourself or your spouse, each time. I'll never forget one time in my early nutrition journey, um, I was probably doing like a intermittent fasting or slashing calories beyond calories. It wasn't a a good diet I was on, but I was trying to diet. And my ex-boyfriend at the time was eating like one of my favorite meals in front of me. And I had cooked it. He just had, you know, reheated it from another week. And I just started like tearing up crying because I was eating some lame salad probably with no dressing. And he was eating beef stroganoff, which is my favorite in front of me and I was just so heartbroken and I was like oh my god like this is the worst you need to do this with me because I can't handle it I couldn't imagine if I was meal prepping every day and Tom was bringing home Taco Bell right I would cave and it would be a it would not be something I wanted to do um another thing that I see really often right is in like the break room or I know there's no water coolers anymore but I'm gonna call it anyway people constantly, again, poking fun at people bringing their lunches, not having the bagels, going for walks on their lunch periods, or carrying around a big water bottle. And it's also so, so shocking to me. And this is not as big in the teacher world, I don't think, but a lot of my clients are nurses and work in offices. The amount of shit that bosses and fellow employees bring into the workplace for people to eat is mind-boggling to me. I get pictures every day of like the break rooms of my female clients like offices and it's donuts, it's bagels, it's candy, it's pastries. It is carb sugar central. And yes, of course, those taste good, I guess, and they make people happy for five minutes. But those are like the number one I'm going to crash in food coma foods. Like, what a poor choice by your boss to bring in bagels because, yeah, that sugar rush from the bagel might help you be productive for, like, 10 minutes, but guess who is, like, half asleep on their keyboard probably 30 minutes later? Uh, All his employees. If I ever ran, like, a business where there was an office, that thing would be stocked with, like, apples and peanut butter, cottage cheese and fruit, beef jerky, protein balls that I made. There are so many delicious things that are also healthy. But feeding your employees like pastries and donuts might, again, might make them happy for about three and a half minutes when it hits their lips, but their sugar rush and their 
blood sugar spikes that are going to come crashing down in 30 minutes is going to kill productivity. So this is a little bit off topic, but if you are a boss listening to this or a manager of someplace, stop bringing in pizza, stop bringing in bagels and donuts. Think about something that is going to actually give your employees energy and not have them crashing every 30 minutes where they have to then go back into the break room and have another bagel just to spike up that blood sugar again. Again, if you don't want to do this for health, do it for profit. Your employees are going to work harder, longer, and not be, again, half asleep on their work on their breaks. Um, I just don't get it. And again, I know it's happiness because bagels taste good and pastries taste good, but that happiness goes away very, very shortly. It also is not very confusing why people who work in these environments are overweight and can't lose the weight. I mean, they are surrounded by high carb, high processed carbs all the time. And if you're that one person that sits down to eat your meal prep, you are just getting berated with comments, right? One of my clients works at a bank and she sent me a picture of her break room with all these sweets in it and her little meal prep container which she said she was just as happy eating because, again, healthy food can taste good. But the amount of comments she got from her coworkers was just insane. Now, yes, those comments come from a place of jealousy that they did not have that willpower or habit to bring their food and they are shoving their face with donuts and she probably does look better than them. But, again, by making a healthy choice, you shouldn't have to play like ninja warrior to defend these nasty comments coming at you even if they're said with like you know lightheartedness and a smile it's just it gets annoying um i was talking to one of my friends the other day about this topic and she is someone also who she's a slamming bod but after her first kid she kind of let herself go a little bit and she definitely gained weight she turned the corner, got herself back into the gym, watched what she's eating, and her body is a 12 out of 10 right now. But she had on gym shorts the other day because she had just come from the gym and she had to go pick up her son. And her husband had commented like, oh, you're going to get, you're going to get our son like that? And she's like, yeah, why? I have a t-shirt on and, you know, spandex gym shorts, just like 80% of the population. He's like, yeah, but like you look different, aka you look good, right? Like you have a nice ass. I don't think you should wear those shorts to pick up. And this pissed her off. And I absolutely agree with this in a sense. Like she doesn't have a thong on walking out of the house. She is completely covered. Yes, her shorts are tight. But plenty of women wear tight biker shorts out in public. Plenty. It's more common now than ever. No matter their weight. They could be 100 pounds. They could be 400 pounds. They're wearing tight biker shorts. But the fact that she looks good in them is a problem because people might look at her, right? Like that's absolutely wild to me. So she's not allowed to wear the same stuff everybody else is wearing because she looks good in it, right? This kind of segues into what happened to me, right? I got told that I shouldn't wear sleeveless blouses or shirts because I look too young or it's not appropriate. Now, everyone knows I'm a teacher, right? So on this day particular, I had on, it was a Friday, I had on jeans. This was not this year. This was actually in the past, but it's a story that stayed with me. I had on jeans. It was June, so it was hot. 
jeans with a tucked in thick strapped um like tank top on that again 90 percent of the female teachers that day probably had something similar whether they had a spaghetti strap sundress on or a thick strap sundress or you know a long skirt with some sort of tank top but i think almost every female that day had a tank top on in some sort it was june in a brick building i was seen by higher ups and was told that that made me look too young and it was inappropriate. Now, I've never worn anything inappropriate to school. I went to a Catholic school. I've never worn anything above my knee, right? I just have that neck to knees mentality. And yeah, sometimes I wear sleeveless shirts, just like 100% of the female teaching staff. It's hot. They're thick strapped. I'm not walking in with spaghetti straps on. But because I'm 34, I have nice strong arms. And the shirt is, you know, form fitting. It's not some baggy shirt. This causes a problem. Now, my chest wasn't out. I don't have boobs that I show off. Like, not happening. It was solely because I have decent looking arms. I have attractive arms. And I'm a you know, a decent looking 34 year old female that probably looks younger than 34, right? I don't do my makeup. Um, Yes, I have eyelashes on, so that's natural. But I have the same makeup I've had since high school, which was very long time ago. So that's probably gross, but I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't know how to blow out my own hair. So my hair is either blown out by someone or it's six days unwashed. So And I have a younger face. That's just how I'm 5'3". I'm tiny. Again, don't do makeup. I don't really wear jewelry. So I look younger. But that's a problem because I don't wear makeup. I don't shop at Talbot's. Like, you know, I still shop at Abercrombie. And I'm fit. And ever since this happened last year, it's been happening more and more to me. Um... I recently, again, got told that an outfit I had on was not appropriate because the shirt was form-fitting, tucked into trousers, dress pants. Now, would this ever, ever be said to someone who was 180 pounds, 190 pounds? Absolutely not. Or if it was said, it would be on the news the next day. Because my fitted shirt showed off definition and it may be a tiny waist there was a problem with this if that fitted shirt showed off body fat no one would say anything if that fitted shirt showed off a muffin top no one would say anything and again I'm saying these words with all the kindness in my heart because I was that girl and I'm just being honest here right if Someone or a boss walked up to an employee of theirs and said, sorry, Karen, you really shouldn't wear sleeveless shirts because your arms are just too fat. Like, my jaw just dropped. Could you imagine that being said to someone? Again, and if it was, Karen would be a millionaire because there would be a lawsuit in about three seconds. Or could you imagine someone, a boss, going up to someone and saying, "Uh, Karen, you can't wear that outfit. You look too old. Like, you're just, you look too old in that. It doesn't work. Again, there literally is a Supreme Court case and laws against ageism, 
right? And I just got ageismed younger. It's just wild to me that it's okay to do it one way because that person shouldn't be offended because they look good. It still hurts and it's still just as upsetting and frustrating being told you can't do something or getting in trouble for something because of the way you look, right? And this is going to be a very honest thing from my mouth and people might not like it. Usually it's female to female and that is so upsetting. Usually it's older females doing it to younger females or just female, female friends, right? It's very rare you see like guy friends poking fun of their friend who's like strong, right? Um, Again, it might be fun and like in a camaraderie kind of way, but you don't see like an older dude boss telling one of his male employees like you need to wear a bigger button up because it's showing off your pecs too much or like it's too tight. Like I've never heard of a story like that in my life. And if you are a male and you are listening to this and you have been told in the workplace to either get larger pants or you can't wear something because it makes you look too fit, please let me know. I just don't think it happens. Unfortunately, the female to female insecurity I'm going to make fun of you because I'm insecure is very, very high. And I've never been like a girl power kind of girl, but ever since having a daughter and getting into this lifestyle coaching uh, job, females need support from females. We don't need to be knocked down. There are plenty of men knocking us down. I also don't hate men. I think they're great, but We need to support each other. We don't need to be like envious or pissed because we're now 50 and we don't, you know, we don't love the way we look anymore. So I'm going to take it out on the 30 year olds. Like that shouldn't be a thing. We should be inspiring the people below us. I, I just really hope I never get to that point where I'm so unhappy with myself that I need to make younger females feel poorly about themselves. I hope that I can be someone that females, younger females want to be like, not like ruin their desire for health or fitness or jade them towards how females should treat each other. Instead of me ever being angry at them, I hope I inspire them to get up and work out in the morning. I hope I inspire people to eat right. And I hope I'm cheering them on even when I'm 70 and probably not loving my reflection in the mirror, right? There's going to come a time when my body is not what it what I'm used to. And I just really hope I never get angry at other people for that. Because I'm kind of living through that now a little bit and it's very upsetting. Um, it gets me, again, it ruffles my feathers that I am told I cannot wear certain things or I shouldn't wear certain things because of the way I look. And the way I look is from hard work and great habits. And I'm promoting healthy things to people, right? I teach high school students. If anything, don't you want someone fit and healthy and dedicated to their the care of their body in front of your children? Or do you want someone who spends hours and hours in a doctor's office every day because at age 45, they're morbidly obese and have 64 diseases already. I hope that when my kids go through school, 
they see people that they want to be like, not only in a professional sense, but a health sense, a fitness sense, character, everything. So I know this is a little all over the place and a little long-winded and a little off topic some places, but I just think, again, as a whole, we need to do a better job of stopping our insecurities from causing us to be cruel and nasty to others. We have to support people's decisions to be healthy, to make themselves better. And if we're not in that place where we're going to make those changes, we shouldn't try and take other people out of that place. And I I absolutely hate the word bully, so I'm not going to use it. But we shouldn't force our opinions or our insecurities on other people because you don't know where they are in their journey. Right? Comments to me are different than comments to Sally, who just started macro counting a week ago. I know that it's good. I know the education behind it. I know the results I'm going to get. I know that the people who love me are still going to be there for me when I say no to going out to dinner when I'm in a cut. Sally doesn't know that yet. Sally's taking her first step. And a stupid-ass comment by someone who's insecure can really set her back. So... We learned this in kindergarten. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Okay? Don't tell someone that they can't wear something or they shouldn't do something or they're a loser for trying to make themselves better. Because in reality, we all know who the loser is. The person who's making fun of that person. So I hope this was somewhat enjoyable. I hope maybe you got like amped up during this if you're someone that's kind of been on my side of things. Or if you're one of the people that I talked about in this story, you're like, oh, that sounds familiar. We are here for you. If you ever need someone to bitch and complain that people are making fun of you for doing the right thing, DM me. Comment on this. We have a tribe for you. My females support each other beyond belief, right? We will have each other's backs from Long Island to California. Surround yourself with people who have like-minded goals, Right? If people aren't there to support you, then they don't need to be in your life. Right? I know that's easier said than done, but it's true. If people cannot support you in being healthy and living longer and living better, then why are they around? So something you may learn if you do take a step into this health and nutrition journey is that you might have to cut ties with some people. And you know what? Maybe they will come back around, but maybe your life will be better. You should not have to defend your choices to people. You should not have to defend your choices of health, right? Yeah, maybe you should defend your choice of doing meth. You might have to because that's a silly thing. You should not have to defend your choices of tracking your food to see what you take so you can sleep better, have more energy, have less body fat, and live a longer and better life. That's not something that requires defense or, you know, arguments over. So I'm going to wrap this up because I could probably sit down in the soapbox for a long time. And this is a hill I'm willing to die on that fit shaming is in fact a thing. And I hope you didn't roll your eyes and say, oh, poor her. Like people are saying she can't wear tank tops because she's so fit. Wah, wah, wah. If you're saying that, you're kind of part of the problem. And clearly you're a little bit insecure as well. And you know what? That's okay. I am here to teach you otherwise. Come join the crew and... We can get those insecurities maybe erased. We can get you more confident. We can show you what your body's capable of. You can join the crew of girl power and actually supporting each other and meaning it. 
So that is it for today. Remember, please subscribe. Pass this on maybe to someone who needs to hear it. I know it might be a little bit of a nervous or scary thing to send them, but maybe someone in your life just doesn't realize what they're doing. So be like, hey, I have an interesting podcast you should listen to. I don't mean anything by it, but I just think you'd like it, right? A little hidden message there. Um, Feel free to comment, please. And also don't forget, one-on-one coaching is around. Um, If you want to change some habits and join the Girl Power Gang, also we do have males. My husband does coach. And if you are not ready for coaching, we do have our app, the CJLC app. It is in my bio. It is on our Instagram. There are amazing workouts. There's over a hundred recipes. There's progress trackers. There's groups so you can find your tribe. There's mom groups, gut health groups, shift worker groups where, again, you can be surrounded by people who understand. You can be surrounded by people who cheer you on, who, who get it, who are rooting for you. That is half the battle. Have an awesome, awesome day. And hopefully next week will be the macro breakdown. But you never know what's going to happen to me. So it might just be another story. One day we will get to what macros are. If not, this is just going to be the the journey of my life. Have an awesome night and be better than normal, but don't be perfect.